0: Conversations with Pioneers. Hosted by Refuelo Tobeja.
1: She's a go-getter. What I want to know is, what's the number one criteria you looked for in proposals and requests for funding? Resilient, without a doubt. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, mm-hmm. do more, and become more, you're a leader. Intelligent, most definitely thinker She sets the pace Welcome to the second episode of Conversations with Pioneers Season 2, and I'm your host, Rifilwe Tobeja. in the business of talking to people doing amazing stuff in their fields and industries i'm talking about entrepreneurs innovators and thought leaders if you're one of them or know anyone who fits the criteria please drop me an email info at refuelotobeja.com today i'm in conversation with executive creative producer playwright script writer poet storyteller stage director translator And acclaimed performer on both international and national stages i'm talking about none other than napo mashiane she is managing director of village gossip productions a theater company that allows her to travel the world directing researching performing documenting and lecturing african theater history welcome to the show napo
0: Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm very
1: happy you're here. How are you doing?
0: I'm, I'm okay. Exhausted, but in a good space. In a good space. Mm. There's so much to, to be grateful for. So So thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so tell us, what are you busy with right now? I know you're exhausted. Rehearsals. It's August. It's coming up. What oh. are you working on at the moment?
0: So I've got a number of activities that I'll be doing in commemoration of the Women's Month. Firstly, I'm um, working on a women's theater festival, mm-hmm. I- Ibizu Sabasadi. And mm-hmm. this year, we're looking at 150 years of Charlotte a centenary. Mm. So different women across the world and predominantly in South Africa as well, you mm. know, are going to do live performances, reflecting on her story, this pioneer woman, this activist, mm. this scholar, this soloist, you know, and one mm. of the members of the African Billy Choirs. Other than that, I've got performances at Peckoffs, doing mm. my one-woman show. My mm. vagina was not buried with him. Yes. And <laughs> it's going to be at Pekov's <laughs> and then also at Melrose Arch Gallery during this month. Hey man, give easy. <laughs> You know what? I was going to ask you about it later, but now that you've mentioned it, what
1: inspired my vagina? was not buried with him.
0: So I was born in Soweto, but I grew up in Kwakwa. And Mm. one of my childhood friends, and uh, she was married to the king, the late King Abasoto. And for quite some time was struggling to conceive and to have a child. And fast mm. forward, unfortunately lost her husband. And then, you know, life moves on after you've lost, mm. you know, rekindled some old love flame and ended up having uh, a child, conceived and having a child. But there was just something airy about how during her baby shower... And she was just crying, grateful for life. But also just mm. saying how there were three names that are worse for any woman to be called. The first one, mm. ki upa, baron. Mm. And then fast forward, you become a widow. Mm. Hadi. Mm. And then... When things change, and then people like how we thought she was barren, she couldn't have kids, and then all of a sudden she has kids, people start having comments about, oh, Mufumahadu is pregnant, and all those kind of things. And one of my good friends in response said, Manta Makum, also a childhood friend, said, But her vagina was not buried with him. Because if it was, we need to go and dig it up from the graves and with south africa being the kingdom of femicide we feel we we know how almost every day there's a woman who dies in the hand of a loved one a partner Mm, or somebody that they know Mm. for me it was just how we come from a community and a society and a system that seems to have ownership of our vaginas other than us and Mm. something when mantas said that but her vagina was not buried with him i said that's profound that's the play i was like that's the play And that's the premise of my play, Yeah, Vagina. It's happening at the gravesite with the queen literally digging up the grave and looking for her vagina. As a result, Mm. somehow connecting the story to other femicide cases, there's just Mm. something sitting between our legs Mm. that is ours, but not really owned by us. Yo, yo,
1: I'm getting goosebumps. So tell me, what do you think makes you to be considered as one of the pioneers in SA theatre today? Well, I consider you to be one. <laughs> Thank you what, for that. <laughs> tell me what you think could be behind that consideration.
0: I think it's because of the kind of works that I do refill. I'm passionate about theatre and in particular African theatre history but Mm. my entry point into the theatre industry has been always to advocate and to bring representation of black women voices in theatre and over the years you know you get different names hey, activisti hey, feminist, hey, I know last year when actually uh, my vagina was digitally featured at Go Toronto Festival of Authors one of my friends from UK was like you know you are a symbol of matriarchal theatre makers Mm. in Africa and South Africa we cannot Mm. talk about south african theater history in the contemporary setting and not mention your name Um, and i think something about it also allows me to even receive when you say really i am a pioneer Mm. something that is embedded in all of us i think as black women storytellers Mm.
1: you mentioned that you were born in soweto and raised in kwako in the free state take us Mm. on a brief journey into your childhood
0: Ordinary childhood, ordinary in a sense of surrounded by nature, surrounded by mountains. Mm. I could walk down to the lake or river, make uh, cows with clay or play in the mud. But there was just something about how as well. Every time I would go home, my childhood was surrounded by books. My father was a love mm. of African mm. literature. So I got exposed to Tiongo, Olara Timis, your Woliso Incas. Way, 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 way as a, as a child, and I would just entice myself in those stories. Versus, or just opposed to a lot of Sisoto novels, you know, Mopeme, Sajen mm. Kokobela. And having been one let's in the 80s, TV was not such a big thing. So, storytelling and sharing of language was the key thing. So my mom always will tell us stories, even if she was a Soweto girl. <laughs> And she will always share all the stories about and analyze books with me after we both found that we have the same passion. Mm. But my house was full of storytellers. My paternal grandmother, Unample Jenny, hi from Lesotho, how they crossed mm. the border into the free state. And then I have six amazing big aunts in Soweto every time I would go Kadizemba, cooking, talking, laughing, singing, wow. gossiping, you know? So mm. the only difference is that I somehow took those stories. And I presented them on stage. And I, as I always mm. say, there's there's stories that we share as Black women when we plate our hair, when we cook during family events that seem hard to leave our pots and tables. Mm. And I think for us as pioneers, we need to make sure that the world hears the stories. We take charge of these narratives. Hmm. You know, you've
1: just answered my question on how you got into the performing arts, particularly poetry and theater. You've just mm. answered that. So mm-hmm. Napo, you have created theater works such as My Bom is Genetic, Deal with It. Mm-hmm. The Fat Black Women Sing, Crazy, mm-hmm. My Vagina Was Not Buried With Him, among others. And according to you, I'd like to know which project has been the
0: most fulfilling and which one the most rigorous to create. Mm. What's my feeling? It's it's such uh it's an important question that I suppose every storyteller probably why you put on at some point, right? And there's a whole thing called are as good as your last show. But I want to say that every play that I wrote, including every poem that I wrote, but in particular, I think plays, they chose me. And I think all those plays played a significant role within that space in time in my life and in the lives of women that I was surrounded by or the mm. events that were unfolding in front of my eyes. So yeah. I, as a witness echoed and brought into life those stories. So it will be hard for me to choose between Kwezi and my vagina was not buried with him. I can imagine. The same way with it will be hard to exclude in my profile. My bum is genetic deal with it because it was my Mm. first launch in the stream. Presently, I'm doing an amazing play titled Tukho and it Mm -hmm. looks at the life of Charlotte Matrake as far back Mm -hmm. as 17 and 18 and 1900s. So every Mm -hmm. story chooses it's own storyteller, and I think in my case, these stories are part of me, and I think all of them are important. Mm, mm.
1: So, also while deputy artistic director at the State Theatre, that's where you wrote and directed Quasi. Say my name. I mm. want to know what was it about the book that touched you and drew you into it to mm. want to make a stage adaptation.
0: Like everyone, as a young feminist activist, you know, black girl, we were all part of the witness of the rape trial of Fezekiel are you right? Mm. And then fast forward, one now is a much more firm, stronger feminist person. Or oh, my feminist views have become more of a solid ground for my writing mm-hmm. and my artistic mm-hmm. advocacy. So when the book came out, I remember that the whole social media and digital space shut down like the conversation mm-hmm. the launch things that were happening and just politically the states that we were all in and probably are still in in terms of women issues and violation mm-hmm. and sexual violence and and i was like there's something about this book that i want to get but Menian, i just got appointed as a deputy artistic director for State theater and i one of the days at work, I walk into the office, my CEO, Dr. Spomsen and the mm-hmm. artistic director, who was my boss then, khabi, and they are talking. And mm. then I can tell these two black men are just like, have it. And apparently then, of course, the CEO had read the book and couldn't finish mm. it. And, was, and then mm. this khabi was like, Nabs, no Sister Naps, read it. I was like, no, uh, it was a Friday, mm. got home, got the book, read it. And now I was just reading it really, we feel to have views, to have an opinion yeah. Man, something around page ten. Yes. I'm like <laughs> this I think a poem is coming because my poems yeah. come like that sometimes. I'm like, I'm an man. you know? Like, something is talking to me here. Yeah, I'm like, once again, I got a a, a very strong feminist poem coming. Mm -hmm. I'm on page 15, 20. I start seeing images, you know, Uh picture shots. I start hearing dialogue in my ears. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my word. Wow. This is a play. Oh, my word. Finished the book within two days. Went back to my workspace and said that this Khabib will be, actually, as a deputy artistic director, I can do one play. I want to do Crazy, And he was like. For sure, I was like, yes. And then I was like, what is going to be titled? And I was like, let us all say her name.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> say my name. Amazing, mm. amazing word. Mm. Some of your accolades include winner of the Mbokoro Award in 2012 and a Safta in 2016. What are the others? I know there are many others more.
0: Pala Award. I think that just came after Safta. And Mm -hmm. recently, last year, I got the Rainbow Parent of the Year Feather Awards. (laughs) And, you know, there have been many others that, like, recognitions across the globe, you know, Million Guardian, Hundred Young People Back then, to take and to engage mm-hmm. with in terms of theatre, so there's been number of them. <laughs> but
1: this is the platform where you mention them, and we congratulate you on each and every one Thank of them. Thank you,
0: Kelly Wanganius. You're welcome.
1: Let's talk about "Feel Sister," and I- am I
0: pronouncing it properly? Ah, Fiel you know a you're sister. the second person. <laughs> feel a sister. <laughs> because <laughs> other people will be going like feel a sister. I'm like, eh, hey, man, who's hey. feeling here? Fiel. it is Keep feeling, baby. Keep feeling. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So feel a sister spoken word collective. Feel a sister. F- is it feel a feel sister? Mm. Feel a sister. I'm yes, kidding. I like how I'm feeling you now. You feeling me yes. now? Ah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, a spoken word collective. Mm-hmm. It was founded back then by myself, Napomashiani, Libumashile, Mazwai, and the late Maisha Jenkins. Mm-hmm. It was. After a couple of years, that's the poetry scene in South Africa. You know, we would go to these spaces. We found that they are very male-dominated. And at some point... Uh, myself and my myisha and ziki i remember we were in port elizabeth we decided like you know what this is it sisters we need to feel each other we need to mm. create space for ourselves and share our mm. poetry without being last on the list and and you mm. know we can talk about our sexuality we can talk about love mm. we can talk about mm. politics and then we came back to Joburg made a call to all different sisters and only Lebuma mashili who was in germany responded got back went to maisha's house in newville so that reading works and i was like guys this is a show and all of us like yeah and that's how the group was formed and then it blew out of proportion like it became something revolutionary for spoken word in the sense of black women voices in poetry and again you can't talk about spoken word without us being mentioned in those spaces
1: that's true absolutely now let's talk about your work with equal opportunity productions in los angeles and the wimbledon school of art in the united kingdom
0: Mm-hmm. So uh UCOP as we would call it it was one of the cultural exchange I was part of and it was between Market Theatre Laboratory and UCLA back in the days where we were mentors we had taken about 15 young people from South Africa to meet 15 American young people and then we had five mentors five mentors you know from creative writing to dance we stayed at UCLA like a boot camp type of thing and the whole thing was to show that we are not that different, but to help young people to find their voice. And in terms of Wimbledon, which is so weird, Wimbledon Performing School in UK, I was mentored by Jane Collins, mm-hmm. a dramatic arts professor, who introduced me to who Charlotte bucket is. and told me about the story of African choir. And then the play, I worked with her on the play and it performed at uh, Market Theatre and later on at National Arts Festival, the Mm Grahamstown. And fast forward, I I just can't believe now, as opposed to then when we were focusing more on the choir, which is one of the first African musicals to travel out of Africa and to tour Mm -hmm. the UK and the US. Now I'm literally writing a place specifically looking at Charlotte Maxeke like, as a pioneer and as an mm. individual chorista, um, soloist, political activist, but one of the people who founded the AME Church in South mm. Africa mm. Mm. and mm. ANC Women's League, but then it was called Bantu Women's Forum.
1: Amazing stuff. You carrying history, mole modemu.
0: that feel how to get and I think it goes back to what I was saying. These stories, they choose me. Let's it's all hope, you know. Yeah. it chose me. It was really Mapulia Sitaku. Was like, Listen, you know, that is hard because the state theater said I must get hold of you. You'll be mm-hmm. the one who knows what to do with Charlotte Like, And I was like, Bring it on, sister. And let's write Bring this play. On.
1: You've also collaborated on works with a university in Germany, Botswana, mm-hmm. the Free State, and one in Italy. I see a trend here when it comes to academic mm. institutions. Is that deliberate?
0: It is deliberate. And again, these institutions and these programs or exchanges or academic spaces, they choose me. As you earlier on mentioned, I'm, you know, I specialize in African theater history and, and the narratives of black women. And I strive to learn as I go as much as I can. But to get into those academic platforms, uh, to represent, to represent not just our voices, but the fact that African theater existed, Way before what we now consider theatre, in terms of the theatre studies in Greece, no, Africans, our theatre is intertwined in our DNA. It's part of our rituals, our traditions, our language. It's in our music, in our poetry. So we didn't learn this from Europe.
1: Mm, mm. Now you became the first black woman to produce. <laughs> write and direct a play a new song at the Market Theatre in 2015. Do you think women theatre directors in South Africa and generally face certain or specific challenges?
0: Mhm. Definitely. And and I, I suppose that's why most times in a handful of us we are first of everything. You know, when I entered the industry, black women were not Necessarily directors, yes. You would find maybe a few playwrights. Fatima Dikay, sure here You will find the late Nontem uh, Konyeni as a director or something, right? But I mean, in terms of holistically looking at somebody as a producer, as a director, as a playwright, that's the business and the creative side, mm-hmm. including the custodian of, of the story itself. So we are a generation that became transformed from the old to the new. Black women were no longer just faces and, and voices. We were in decision-making. We were taking control of our narratives. We, di- we were not waiting for anyone to come and tell our stories. We were taking mm-hmm. stories from our kitchen tables from the cooking fire to the stage and i think mm. that has changed over time but also it had to be done because before that you would hardly find an overall black woman theater maker who was doing what we were doing. And I say we because I'm not the only one. There's a handful of us and we are in different spaces and and did a huge contribution in the South African theater history.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Mm. Now let's talk about your latest and recent appointment as new artistic director of the Sibigwa Art Center. First of all, congratulations Nabo. Thank you. And what does that mean for you and the center now?
0: First and foremost, it shows that uh, especially black women we've been doing the work we paid our dues Mm. we've Mm. been around boardroom tables and the industry is recognizing us for not just our contribution but the prominency and the urgency of the shift that has happened is happening and should happen but more than anything representation so for me this is a center of vocational training specializing in arts and culture dance music poetry Mm. visual arts Mm. And has been in existence for 33 years. And Mm. for the first time, it's going to have a Black artistic director coming in and working with our communities, working with mixed ability young people. You know, Mm. somebody who comes from the backyard that looks like Nalwena, you know. And these kids who are like Nalwena, having somebody artistically who looks like them, who sounds like them, is the premise of their career. I think it's amazing. Mm. It's huge shoes to fill Because I think Mm. Small Daba, who's a legend, and Phyllis Claus herself, as a legend, have done a tremendous, amazing work to plow back, instill a sense of pride within Mm. our arts and culture landscape. But now I'm coming in with my colleague Karen Green, who's the CEO two black women who are masters in their own rights Mm. from operations to Mm. artistic and, you know, carrying on the baton and saying that, you know, there's still hope for this industry. We're reviving it. We're evolutionalizing it. We are making it fit into the digital space. But more than anything, we're reflecting a sense of a communal spirit Mm. that makes our Mm. theater.
1: Huge shoes to fill, which I think you are very much capable of filling. Put on those heels and rock on.
0: What's up, King? I embrace, I receive. Thank you so much, Wanisika Lebo, I receive. Yes.
1: (laughs) Welcome. You're also one of the advisory board members at the Stockholm University of the Arts in Sweden, underperforming arts, and Mm -hmm. also a guest lecturer at SP Escola Diatro in Brazil. What Mm do these roles entail in brief details?
0: In terms of Stockholm It's really about Representation Representation There's a lot of Migrant workers And mixed Black Mm. artists In Sweden So my role is really To bridge the gap Between the very Eurocentric Kind of like system And syllabus And how we also Create spaces For black voices To be heard Or brown bodies And brown voices Mm. And to be recognized Within the performing arts Landscape And I think Mm. This is my third year And I wouldn't ask I still have two more To three years to go So I'm grateful for that It means I'm a guest lecture mm. i get engaged in debates and uh, i mm. review researches i i engage i engage and for the brazil university which is the biggest latin american university sp esperado the, the whole sense of it really was to bridge the gap between africans in africa and the diaspora mm. and in this case you know using african theater history all elements of it from mask to makeup to music and dance, to our spirituality and rituals, to storytelling and more than anything to show that we might have the oceans and all the ocean between us, Mm -hmm. but we come from the source, which is the motherland and it's Africa.
1: We come from the source, my sister. What do you think lies ahead for SA Theatre moving forward from these current pandemic times?
0: I think it has to fit in within the new norms. We will never, ever, I think, if we look back to what the old used to be. And by me saying that, it it doesn't mean that I'm saying we should kill the soul and heart and spirit Mm. of theatre. I just think that Mm. it's an opportunity for us that if people can come to theatre, for us to take theatre to them. And Mm. one of the new tools to do that is through digital platforms, is through Mm. podcasts like this ones, is through different social media handles and digital technological platforms and the nice thing now is that you get an audience across the world while Mm. you're performing right here at home so there's an opportunity and i think a business opportunity for all of us to think beyond our little black boxes that have Mm. defined our theater for years and actually that's how african theater is you can perform anywhere i can perform in my Mm. bedroom in the kitchen outside anywhere and there's always somebody willing to listen and somebody who's always watching amazing
1: so where do we get a Hold of you on these streets of social media
0: on go Facebook, okay. Mashiani go mm-hmm. Instagram, At Popo Mashiani, and on Twitter, mm-hmm. I am at Mashiani Popo. Other than mm. that, one just as I said, I am Googleable,
1: Googleable. <laughs> you know, I saw your post, I saw your post. Sometimes <laughs> you were saying, You were saying, We are writers, baby. We don't
0: cry, we bleed on paper. Hey, come on now. We are, we are yeah. b- walking bookshelves, baby. We are a whole. Live rug. We don't
1: cry, baby. We are writers. We bleed on paper. I was like, that's what's up. That's what's up. (laughs) Now for Mashiani, executive, creative producer, playwright, storyteller, acclaimed performer, continue to make dope things happen. And thank you for coming on the show. We wish you all the best, my sister.
0: Thank you, Manesu. Lots of love. And you do an amazing work archiving our voices in our lifetime. May you be blessed abundantly. Thank you so much, Rifilue. Thank you (laughs) very much. (laughs)
1: Thank you for joining me and Nabo on this conversation. Please share it as well as the podcast. Follow me on my socials, Refule Tobecha across all platforms. Join me again next week when we level up, level up with yet another pioneer. Take care. Conversations
0: with Pioneers, hosted by Refule Tobeja.